throughout your career as a designer, explore different setups, different types of companies, different contexts in which to work and grow as a designer. I think varying the type of company you work for will contribute tremendously to your growth. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Honest UX Talks. As always, I'm joined by Anfisa, and today we're going to tackle a very interesting topic that I think concerns every designer out there, regardless of their experience in the field. We will be discussing about working in small or big companies, pros and cons, and uh, overall, what are the general differences, and most importantly, what were our personal stories and our personal experience around different types of, um, of jobs that we've held. So I think it should be pretty interesting. I'm very excited, looking forward to unpack this topic. But before we do that, I want to invite Anfisa to tell us a little about how her past week went. So hi, Anfisa. How was your week? <laughs> Hello, everybody. And yes, thank you so much for tuning in again for the next episode. My last week was quite good, actually. Like I mentioned in the previous episode, I'm enjoying being unemployed at the moment. <laughs> so I'm trying to do my best of all these days and like just not stress at all and kind of regaining this balance in life. Um, it's just for a little time, but I'm still hoping I can enjoy it. So yes, trying to be in present and stuff like that. Um, as well as I'm actually working on my website portfolio, not portfolio, actually, just a website, because it's very hard to say that's going to be portfolio, because I also want to talk about <clears throat> different UX resources there, or my story, or I don't know, have quick links to different projects I'm working on. And so it's going to be more of a, I guess, dashboard with resources for UX designers. We'll see how it goes. But um, yes, I'm working on Webflow, trying to remember how to use it. It's just a struggle. <laughs> Many people say, oh, Webflow is so great. It's so intuitive. Well, it is intuitive, but um, but it's still hard. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of working on it. Um, I feel like front-end developers are magic people. I don't know how they're doing this. It's just a lot of things that you keep in, need to keep in mind all the time, but um, I'm getting there. Hopefully by the end of the month, we will, I will have some page online. Yay! <laughs> and uh, other than that, yeah, I'm also will be working on the email list soon. I have already like a, a strategy with the topics I want to cover, with the stories I want to tell to everybody. And so this is something I'm also pretty excited about. Um, how about your last week? Pretty much uh, hectic, like always. I feel like I just have to embrace the fact that my life professionally, personally will be hectic from now on. I totally understand you with website building. I'm also always, always working on my website and it never feels ready. I'm using Editor X, which is, I think, closer to the classic uh, design tool that I'm used with working in, but still it's fairly difficult because indeed you got to keep track of uh, making every small interaction perfect and it has to behave perfectly on all uh, viewports and you have to be careful with the breakpoints and so it's it's really a lot of complexity to manage so yay I also admire front-end developers myself and um, yeah getting back to what I was like setting up for myself the focus the keyword for 2022 I feel like at least I narrowed down my focus to like four things that are in focus right now which is still a lot uh, and I'm not sure if people if, if you can say that you're focused while doing four big things four projects 
but um yeah at least i know that these these are the things that i want to do and i'm going to say no to everything else so i could say i guess that i have a bit more clarity when it comes to what i'm be doing in the next couple of months at least so that that feels a bit relieving but we'll see so um yeah and also the boot camp uh, we have a lot of new students it's really exciting 2022 is starting very good for us unfortunately some of my mentees in the boot camp just told me in the past 24 hours that they have covid and now i'm just realizing that boy so um, they're based in completely different countries, Croatia, Japan, England, and everybody everywhere seems to have COVID right now. So it's, it's, it, I just feel like it's a matter of time until I get it myself and, and all my yeah. friends and my family and everyone. So it just feels like there's no escaping it right now. Uh, so, hey, best of health to my to my dear mentees, to my bootcamp uh, students. But and to everybody. <laughs> everybody who's struggling with COVID at the moment. I've had COVID myself being pregnant, so I know that it's a very, very difficult uh, couple of days. <laughs> so with that being said and our stories, uh, short stories being shared, let's move into the topic for today to make the most of the time we have available. And I would say let's provide some context first. Let's start by understanding what type of experience each of us has in, in working with smaller and bigger companies. So Anfisa, have you worked with big companies? Have you worked with small companies? What has been your experience so far? Just that we understand where your stories will come from. Well, I am. Um, I think I told my story a couple of times, but I'll quickly try to rewind for sake of this topic. Um, basically, my story started from a lot of small companies, even pre-companies, I would even say. Uh, so I've been working in the beginning a lot with the startups, not even like startups that are established businesses, but like teams of people who want to build this crazy idea or something like that. Um, so my first maybe four or five years, it's been a lot of small teams, not even like a company. Sometimes it was not even established company. Sometimes it would be like a group of friends or the hackathon team pairing up together and trying to build the project. And th these companies, let's call them quote unquote companies, um, were basically like group of five people maximum where they there would be some, some people like engineers, one designer, normally me. Uh, maybe one PM, maybe one marketer, and maybe one sales, something like this. Um, very basic. Uh, and so after working freelancing a lot with these very small companies, I then started my own company. Um, actually, did three startups, but uh, officially and like we registered only one company that became a sort of a business. Um, and so that business I was working on for about maybe less than three years, something like that. <clears throat> that was also pretty small. We started like a four founders. And then later we have expanded slightly with the first seed round of investments to about uh, 12 people. Uh, we got an office and stuff like that, but it was still very, very cozy and small because we had only like our office was basically one room and little kitchen and that is it. So we were all sitting in our different small corners. Um, inevitably, we had to see each other every single day and we... You know how it goes in the offices. You would just have joke around. People are different. Moods are different. Sometimes it would be fun. Sometimes it would be strange. Uh, but it definitely helped a lot with the communication because if you're sitting, you know, in front of each other and you're asking, hey, what about that icon? Or, hey, how about this uh, constraint that we have? Or how about this business issue we would, might have? It's just It's just one meter away from you to decide. And you can just sit next to each other and talk about it, brainstorm about it, and you know, use the whiteboard and stuff. So 
my experience was originally very, very uh, working in very, very small companies. And then suddenly, and it's a bit, it's a long story. I'm not going to go into it, but, uh, but then I realized that I'm so fed up with the startups, with this, uh, <laughs> with this culture that, um, and actually also when I was working with the startups, especially as a founder, you don't really get a well well or you don't have any payment to be honest um, so we were only investing our own money into the startup and i was really fed up with being so unstable with not sleeping at all with constantly running somewhere it was fun it was cool but it was just very tiring at the end of the day i just decided to go for something more stable <clears throat> and then the opportunity came along and uh, i've joined as a contractor a big corporation called ncr which uh, was basically working in the hospitality industry with the point of sale um, devices or product systems i was working there for one year and right after that, I've joined Citrix. It was more corporate in terms of um, processes, maybe, and amount of people you have to work with every single day. Uh, so in both of those companies, we had around, if I'm not mistaken, around 12,000 people each. Um, each company, of course, you wouldn't work with all those thousands of people, but you would Okay, you would have like this Slack channel with hundreds and hundreds of people. You would never see them, especially as like the last two years already mm, due to COVID. And so, yes, um, when I worked on the corporate <clears throat> environment, it was mainly working in a very, very big companies, very, very big teams and a lot of, a lot of communications. <laughs> so that's, that's in a nutshell about my experience. What was your experience, Joanna? I think we're actually, um, I'm exactly opposite <laughs> to your experience. So I've started my my professional career working in a big organization, an ING bank, which is, of course, um, global. Uh, the team in Romania was very big, thousands of people. Uh, so I started working. I was very, very, if you want, immersed and accustomed to how the corporate world works. I was pretty, pretty, I mean, it was everything I knew for a long time. Like, I think I worked 10 years with them. Uh, the past couple of years uh, within ING Bank, I became a UX designer, but 10 years in a, in a corporate, in the corporate world makes you like, feel like it's the only thing you know. And and I was, I was very, very corporate <laughs> in, in the way I, I, looked at processes and how things should happen and everything. And then um, when I finally left ING Bank, I moved into another company that was just becoming a tech unicorn. It's the, the most valuable company in Romania right now. They actually uh, went public on the New York Stock Exchange last year. So they're, they're pretty huge, but they started as an apartment startup. And um, in a couple of years, uh, they they evolved into being this this unicorn evaluated uh, evaluated at um, thirty five billion and um, public and and it was just a very the most successful story in the Romanian tech space. And uh, but yeah, when I joined, they weren't an apartment company. They were they already had hundreds of employees in Romania and thousands around the world. So still a big company. So this is how I started. But then eventually I started doing some uh, part-time gigs as well within startups. I worked with a startup based in Boston that was um, building a product within the health space. And uh, they, uh, they were a team of four or five people. So it was really, really small. And in the meantime, I've been uh, consulting and I've been doing some part-time, short-time projects within uh, different startups. And so I also got the chance to explore that 
part of the of the professional world as well that side so i think that now i'm able to speak from both perspectives when we will continue to dive deeper into uh, what it means to work in a big company versus a small company so let's start with uh, big companies Zanfisa, your memory is fresh because uh, uh, you you've just had this experience in the past couple of years what are some pros and cons to working in big companies from your perspective and from your own personal experience yes definitely and i'm also good with starting from the <laughs> corporations or big companies because it's true like you mentioned it's pretty fresh and i have a lot to say <laughs> about it uh, <clears throat> and for the reason of course i've decided to uh, pursue my career in a smaller companies uh, moving forward. I did mention that I'm going to join another company in the March 1st uh, that will be a smaller pre-IPO company, which is kind of still a startup. Like you mentioned, it's before unicornism, <laughs> I think, or whatever we call it. Let me start from the pros. Uh, in corporations, first of all, this is very fresh because I was just asking this uh, in the new company I've joined if they have any educational budget in corporations, especially if the if the company is valuing the design, uh, you would have a very good and fat uh, benefits and educational budgets, which I was really really enjoying for the educational budget. I don't know if I can say the number, but I could afford NNG courses; they cost a lot, and also you know just. General benefits, like you would have all this securities um, in place, for example, I don't know, medical health insurance um, or, I don't know, like transport tickets or, I don't know, books and uh, whatever, snacks and some benefits for meal vouchers. So a lot of, a lot of really handy things that add more to your payment, so to say, because this is extras that um, maybe you have already a pretty good salary, but also on top of that, you get all those extras, which are might, might consider it to be also a part of your salary package. Another thing I really liked is the amount of time you're given in the projects, um, at least in the companies I worked at. Maybe, you know, it depends, of course, every company has different processes and establish, established, but where I worked, I felt like the, the time was really given to you for you to do your thing <clears throat> versus, you know, working in a startup when we need things for yesterday. I even remember like when I joined the NCR in the first day, you know, I was just out of the startups and it was like, oh, we need this for yesterday and blah, blah. And so I'm, I'm, sh I'm like rushing into the office in the first day and immediately I'm like, okay, what's the project? Show me everything you got. Give me the assets. I'm going to, okay, you need the prototype. Let me quickly glue together the prototype. And the first day I did so much work and people told me, and literally in the first day they approached me and said, like, Anfisa, please calm down because this is a corporation. We don't raise the bar. <laughs> You're going to mess things up here. Just... Take it slow, take your time, learn things around here. You don't need to make things immediately. Uh, so I did have this uh, problem with being too quick and delivering things right away. <laughs> and so, yes, it took me some time to adjust to the new tempo. And I started really appreciating the fact that, well, if, you, well you, if you're working on a project, you have all the time you're needing. You need two sprints, here you go. You need extra sprint, here you go. And not having this extra stress helped me a lot to make sure, you know, if we find some, I don't know, bug or edge case, we always have time to cover it and not just push something because we need to push it, uh, even if it's raw. Uh, I also appreciated the amount of smart people around me. I think I shared it a lot last year that I felt this imposter syndrome once again, because I felt like I've been surrounded by really uh, motivated, productive uh, caring people who always deliver top-notch work and every time I'm seeing on those design demos I'm like oh, wow 
how the heck did they deliver so much in this time? I, I've learned a lot from them and I've learned a lot about the processes, about tackling the uh, hard projects or very ambiguous or unknowns and stuff like this. And uh, after it, I felt like, whoa, that was a great experience because I don't think I ever worked in such a Mulex mature team. Um, I think I originally started working on corporations expecting that I will have security and stability in my workspace. Something about being protected and feeling secure that tomorrow you will not lose your job if something happens. But um, <laughs> apparently that was not the case for me because twice as I was working in a big companies, I got laid off, <laughs> not because of my inability to perform or something, but because the companies not always did what they promised. Uh, that's about the pros. So yes, budgets, uh, the time and people. That, that Those are the things I really appreciated. Now, let me quickly go through the cons um, and things that I feel like I would hope to improve moving forward. I mean, I've learned from those cons, but I think that those are the things I've been struggling a little bit with. And so first of all, bigger companies, bigger teams comes with more communication, comes with also sometimes spoiled phone um, game, you know, the spoiled phone game. I don't know if it's a cultural thing, but <laughs> we call it when somebody starts saying something, but then at to the moment when it arrives to the last person in the chain, it's a completely different story. That also starts happening from the fact that you live in different demographics, you have different cultures, you all speak English, but you know, English is different <laughs> anyways, every time you're traveling, like sometimes people want to say one thing, but they intend to say different thing. Um, and, and there is this, obviously in the corporations, I must say that, that there is this term of, um, I would say polite language where everybody's trying to not be exactly like they are maybe how they speak to, I don't know, their their friends, but you, you kind of still need to um, speak a little bit more politely. You wouldn't use the jargon words and stuff like this. So you start using this more general, classic um, corporate language, I would say. However, um, when it comes to work and, you know, working with ambiguous projects, it's still very hard because if you're not even sure what you're working on and there is the big team of like, let's say 200 people and everybody interpret one word in different ways. And then there are different tools in which you're using to document things. Like for example, somebody's using Jira, somebody's using Miro, somebody's using Slack, somebody's using whatever calls and stuff like that. And there is always so many channels to communicate also, there are so many different languages internally, even if you're in the same team. And so there's this effect of spoiled phone when somebody tells you the goal, somebody's phrasing it in one way, but you interpret it in a different way. Uh, expectations are not clear and stuff like this. So this was the biggest, biggest challenge I was going through. And I even did some initiatives or when I was literally going out <clears throat> around like reducing this um, this effect of spoiled phone or making sure we are more clear about the objectives, the teams, their old expectations, the like the terminology. We even have the terminology project to make sure everybody's on the same page. I'm not going to mention the names, but I experienced that some companies did also have this top-down culture. You started, let's say, there was this priority or goal for the company. They also call them OKRs, and so there is this key priority, and um, 
and you start working on it, delivering it, you're maybe iterating on it already. By the moment you're putting it out, somebody in the management decide that, oh, this is not the right thing, or I didn't hear about this initiative, how come you're delivering it? And then they like you're about to push it live, but they could come back and say, no, no, no we will not be able to do this. <laughs> so one day we, I was working on a project when we had like material Google library, we were using their material Google library components. We built everything around it, about the behaviors, about the interactions, the statuses and stuff like that. And then we were about to push it. And then somebody from the management is saying, no, we cannot be like Google. We are not Google. So scrap it. <laughs> For us, it was like, what is, what's going on? So there were, I mean, in the bigger companies, there is this problem that could be top down. And by the moment you're putting it live, somebody in the top management notices it and says, oh, well, this is not what I want, <laughs> or I changed my mind or something, or we need to change it because whatever, there are other priorities, or you're planning to do <clears throat> one thing this quarter, and then somebody's giving you the feedback and everybody's out of the blue saying, oh, this is a bigger priority, so scrap it and start over from something different. So top-down culture is my biggest, my second biggest pain working in the big companies. Maybe the last thing I would like to mention here would be the relationships and the long distance hierarchy was sort of also affecting me a little bit. When you're working in a companies that have a strong org charts, a lot of hierarchy, you start feeling a little bit more distant from the product vision, from the teams, from like responsibility you're taking. Obviously, some big companies are having this mechanism that they reward you with the stock prices um, every year, like an extra salary if the stock price was growing. So that's their way to motivate you to uh, contribute towards the goals and growing on the market. However, because there are so many meetings, so many people, you don't know them personally. They are all online on the Slack or on the calls and you don't always connect with them on a personal level. It feels distant. At least I felt that during the COVID times when and everything was remote, I just couldn't connect as much as I would usually do, especially coming after working with the startups when you know too much the people you're working with. And I felt like there's always this gap or distance between us, between me and company and the people I'm working with. I wouldn't be able so comfortable to, I don't know, share my deep secrets with them. Whereas when I was working with the people in the startups, it was so easy. I would I would share whatever because uh, we would see each other in ups and downs. We would be sometimes too close. And so um, I needed more connection and sort of attachment to the mission of the company, more touch, more uh, personal <laughs> motivation, I guess. So yeah, that was a lot of talks. Uh, how about your experience? Tell me, how was your, <laughs> did you have similar problems? Was there something else you would add here? My pros and cons uh, around big companies based um, based on my experience within within the corporate world I've been living in for the past, I think it's almost 15 years uh, very soon. So uh, like you mentioned, definitely having a budget for education, that's amazing. It's an incredible perk because I got to go get my Nielsen Norman UX management certification studying for five days in London. I've been to another Nielsen Norman uh, workshop in London in the past for two days. So uh, I've been doing a lot of education plus uh, participating in different events, different conferences, access to online courses and so on. So that's, that's a good thing. And it's something that it's typically very well set in place in big companies. Um, another pro to working in a big company from my experience is that many times 
it's not mandatory so correlation is not necessarily causation but sometimes um, big companies have mature design teams and for me um, it proved so i got to work with uh, mature design professionals very experienced i learned a lot i was part of a team where we brought in diverse perspectives diverse backgrounds diverse uh, takes on the design process and so i learned a lot i think the maturity of the ux team is something that's uh, definitely a plus in most um, or hopefully it's a plus in in the big company you're working in or you're considering in your career another thing about big companies is that you get to understand how products are built at scale how many different roles different teams different uh, uh, departments lines of business cooperate and how Hundreds of people sometimes contribute to launching a feature and it's it's incredible to see this big machinery working and how, how everything functions. And, and it's, for me, it was always fascinating to try to align everybody. It's definitely a conundrum. <laughs> it's difficult, but at the same time, it's extremely rewarding to see that at some point we're all on the same page when, when launching a new product or a new feature. So for big companies, you have better stability or predictability you have job security you feel like you're part of a bigger picture if you want so it's not as unpredictable it's not as uh, insecure as sometimes startups are you don't know if you're gonna make it till next month in a startup i feel that this is job security although obviously there's there's been a lot of firing even with big companies but i feel that um, all in all, big companies offer a job security and you're not as stressed out or as as responsible as you would feel for the success of a company in a smaller startup. So in big companies, responsibility is pretty shared. So we're, you're, you all hold a small piece of the puzzle, but essentially you will not be the one who makes or breaks the product and the company um, as a result. So I think it, it can be less stressful than in many small companies where you have a lot of ownership. Um, so these are the pros I've learned. Definitely there are more, but I'm trying to stay in the realm of essential when it comes to cons of working in, within big companies it's probably the reverse of what i just said so you're you're working on a small piece of the puzzle small button or a very small feature or functionality and that might make you feel like you don't have enough ownership you don't really drive the process or drive the direction in which the product the strategy is going so i don't feel like you have as much impact in big companies as you would in a smaller company impact is something that definitely is extremely different when you work in a startup and you're the founding designer the sole designer and you're basically building the product from scratch you mentioned that you know you're, you might work on the patterns and i remember when i've just joined citrix but the first task i was given is to kind of create the guide for the buttons. <laughs> so how do you replace the buttons? And for the you know few months I was working on guide uh, how to place the buttons, where to place them. And it was really crazy after all the startups and after all the complexity work with in the smaller companies and now you're joining the bigger companies and suddenly the scope of the project is so different. Also, I've heard that at Microsoft, they would work on a very, very small things like um, touch bar where like for half a year you're working on a project about I don't know how to how big should be the sliders, how many pixels should be because it's important to make it accessible and stuff like this. So the I guess the granularity and the scale of project changes immensely uh, depending on how big is the company. Some projects could be very small in comparison 
to a small company. However, there could be also a big initiative. So just with a disclaimer. <laughs> I love your Citrix story because I feel that uh, definitely when you're in a big company, you are sometimes working on very, very small things. And it can be shocking, like in your case, coming from a startup background where you had ownership and, and autonomy and a huge impact, just working on a couple of buttons felt like, okay, what am I doing with my life now? But Truth is that with big products that are used by millions of people, even a small checkbox can have a huge impact on their experience. So this is what I kept trying to tell myself when I felt uh, uh, I was in, in a similar situation. But uh, yeah, and another last point is that I'm not a big fan of all the politics that go into big companies. So uh, most of the times you really have to be very careful on how to be diplomatic, navigate different interests. Uh, there's a lot of uh, background information, um, ego between departments, uh, different conflicts within the organization that you have to navigate and manage. And this is something that, uh, like, I feel wastes the time that designers might invest in something more valuable. Uh, the, the, the last point was really great about the impact. Actually, I just realized that I've uh, added this point to the pros of working in a smaller company. So it's also an important one as for me. Um, so let's again start from the pros. <laughs> Starting from the positive side. Um, from where you left uh, in a smaller companies, you definitely have all the impact in the world. <laughs> Especially if it's like a very early stage company, early stage startup, and you're maybe the only one designer in a team. You literally shape the whole project, the whole culture under your own experience, or you have a huge impact in this whole process. Your word is heard much more than if it would be in the bigger companies. So you you can impact the processes, you can impact the culture, you can impact the product, you can advocate for it as much as you want, and there is nobody who will be conflicted with you. And it's like, definitely because there are less people and less risks, there are less conflicts. And thus, there are faster decisions made. Um, I mean, still, <laughs> it could be pros and cons because if you don't have enough time for research and blah, blah, you don't have enough user uh, feedback uh, for, for advocating for some solutions, that could be a tricky thing. However, in general, your word is heard and thus it impacts the processes and the product uh, strategy, product decisions. So you could see whatever you've been discussing just yesterday, tomorrow being live, um, which is very, very different in terms of timelines comparing to the corporate um, environment. So I can compare one small project could be like two or three, four months, sometimes even more. Uh, and startups, like you just discussed it yesterday and tomorrow it's live, you know? So the, the, yeah, the impact is really visible and you can feel it and it's, it's, like, it's like a wave you're on all the time. The good thing about working in smaller companies is that you can connect with the people on a much, much I guess, personal level, you understand them, you know who you're working with, you trust them more, you trust them in the moments when it's hard, you trust to discuss things that you might be not so comfortable discussing with, with people you don't know, and you're just talking to them online sometimes, and it's like you don't even know what, where their head is at. And so having those relationships is very important to me personally, that contributes to my mental health, I would say, and being able to trust, to sometimes mess things up, but also being able to all uh, sort of learn from it and move forward and again, believe in each other and give each other chances. That is something I've been sort of missing uh, in the bigger companies. Still, I feel like 
in the companies I worked with, I was relatively happy or I had a great people with me, uh, working with me. Uh, but in the smaller companies, just easier and faster. And you know people very, very well. And you know them very, 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 very well. I'm repeating it so many times, but it's true. Um, and, and then the last pros I'd like to mention here is also the dynamics. Um, it's really, in, I mean, it's, it's like you have this idea, you can quickly test that you have those trial and errors um, power, I would say, where it, instead of just arguing over it for like meetings and meetings and meetings, you can quickly build it, put it live, immediately collect the data and make it more objective. The decision might be more objective. So you have all the power in the world to use the UX tools in your benefit, I would say, in, in the product benefit. So the dynamics and how easily you can experiment and change things and how much power you have over the product you're working in. These are all things that made me personally more excited. Let's move to the cons. So when you're working in the smaller companies, the, the other not as bright side to it is that you often reversed uh, from, the pro- from the corporate environments. So reversing from that, you obviously don't have so much luxury of a time of the resources or budgets uh, many times you'd have to push it live asap you need to experiment faster than researching and there are moments when you do want to validate things before putting it live but you can't you don't have the luxury there is a competitor that launching something or there is this hypothesis that needs to be attested immediately because now is the momentum or there is this investor that uh, just need this one little thing can you de- just add it to the product, even though this contributes to some sort of messiness of the product and inconsistencies and stuff. But there are all those things where you can't take all the time that you need to make a very well-weighted decision. And not always you will have budgets to even talk to the users, maybe not even having the tools that you need. That might be a friction in, in a way for you to get your points across. So yes, um, and I think the last one, the last corner I would like to mention is also kind of stress or messiness of the processes, of the timelines, of the structure. Sometimes you would have a lot of new people joining. There are no processes established yet. So you, you're, you're flying the plane as you're building it. And so it's, it's just messy and it's like this hot potato. You're just it's like constantly changing. Something is going on. You're constantly, you constantly have to think, figure things out. You don't have so much free time. You... You literally have to figure things out as you go. And that could be very not healthy long-term. Like short-term, yes, it could be exciting. It could be fun. It's like in a hackathons. You meet together with the new bunch of people. You work and you build something. And it's cool. You feel this adrenaline that you've been able to achieve something together quickly. However, if you're living like this for months, you can start immediately feel that, oh, well, it doesn't help you. It, it makes you more stressful, more nervous. You're having you're becoming sleep depraved, you're, I don't know, it's just like, it becomes unhealthy, basically. And and especially the payment, if you're young designers, more of a junior designer, joining this new startup that doesn't even have the funding yet, um, then it's most likely going to be something without much budgets. Like, for example, when I was founding my startup and we had a team of 12 people, some of those people were only working for shares, Again, no money. And some people were working for a very, very low payment and just enthusiasm, I would say. And so this is something that sometimes needs to be accepted if you're interested in working in those dynamics. 
Luckily, throughout my career, I also had the opportunity of working with startups. So I'm also pretty well informed as to what are some pros and cons to working in startups. Um, tracing back to uh, what you just said and with what to what we discussed earlier, definitely impact, I think, is the main differentiator. So in a startup, I've had the opportunity of building a product from zero and see a complete product get built very fast based on my work and that was incredible and incredibly rewarding so um, this is one thing that i love about startups the speed and the fact that there are just most of the times it's just a team of people just looking to make things happen and we many many times i see people employ all the resources all the network all the connections quick quickly hiring quickly bringing in more people like overnight things sometimes happen overnight so you see immediate results it's it's a very intense journey it's also exhausting and draining most of the times but it's extremely rewarding in the sense that you see your work coming to life very fast as opposed to uh big companies where it might take like i've been on a project that took like one year and a half i think to get on the market after the design was ready so uh because it was always the prioritized yeah so i i feel that you see the result of your work very quickly and that's that's um that's impressive that's super rewarding Another pro to working in small companies, like you said, team dynamics and being close, feeling like you're part of a family. Many times you're all pushing in the same direction. Many times there's hopefully alignment in the team and that feels great. That feels like you're part of a bigger goal that you're working towards. That's, that's great. That's a great feeling to have. Definitely, you have the opportunity of learning a lot and, and setting up processes from zero and defining how things should be done. You have a lot of autonomy. You have a lot of freedom. You, can, you have the opportunity of working with constraints. Sometimes constraints can be the time pressure that you have, the deadline by which you need to launch, or just not having enough funding and having to work with, with no budget for your research uh, and discovery work. And so that pushes you into being more creative and resourceful and um, you employ your imagination to find ways of, of understanding what needs to go into the design. And also, I feel like just the speed of everything, not feeling like you're wasting time with uh, trivial things is something that um, is, is, is sometimes great in startups. Now, going to the cons of working in a startup, definitely, like you said, and uh, I've touched briefly before, it's, it's a bit unpredictable. It's a bit unstable. Sometimes founders need to uh, support the startup from their own pockets. Sometimes there's no funding. Sometimes the, sometimes the funding is close to being um, completely used. And then what will happen after that? Will we get another round? And so it's, it's a bit, it, it, it's, it can be very stressful, not just a bit stressful. And um, it's unpredictable. You don't have that sense of security, especially if you're in a later stage in your life where you have a family, where you want to make sure that you have bread to put on the table. Startups can feel extremely exhausting in, in this aspect. Another con to working in startups or something that I've always struggled with and I don't particularly enjoy is the fact that everything is really messy. So there are no processes, which is definitely an opportunity to create them, but it's also can be very stressful, like ongoing messaging on everybody's involved in everything. Um, 
There's a lot of conversation that needs to happen immediately. There's this sense of urgency all the time. Uh, it's it's just crazy. Things get hectic very easily and, and exhausting. And uh, the lack of clarity, the lack of boundaries, uh, it's just they, they can definitely get to you. And the last point, tracing back to our conversation earlier around what's what are nice perks in big companies, you don't typically have educational budget. And to be honest, even if you would, you wouldn't have the time because <laughs> you're you're always pushing. And so, yeah, so the, the career growth opportunities, and especially if you're the only designer in that startup, you don't have an internal mentor. You don't have a team that you can learn from. You don't have the educational budget. So you might feel like you're, you're, you're learning some things, of course, about building products. Definitely, there's a lot of learning going on, but you're not learning structured or informed or in a in a in a ritual, if you want. But you can definitely solve that by getting a mentor outside your startup. So that's uh, not impossible to to work with. So these are my points in a nutshell. Yes. Actually, I wanted to also add a little story to what you were saying because I felt very connected to the point when. You mentioned that there is sometimes lack of funding and I literally wasn't the same situation when I was working on my startup as the co-founder. Um, it was around, I don't know, four years ago. And one summer we got the seed round. We started working very, very intensively. We, we rented an office. Uh, I think it was like six or seven of us. We were sitting in that room days and nights and it was like a never-ending journey. The whole summer we were working to launch the product intensively and our CEO was on the roadshow in Asia trying to raise the next round of funding so we could actually uh, pub like publish it. We didn't have the marketing budget for like the launching campaign. That was something we were really badly needing and the money started running out and we were still sitting in the office, never stopping the work. I was leaving the office usually sometimes literally after midnight and, um, and the, and, and the story ended not so well, actually. In September, we ran out of money. We couldn't rent the office anymore. We couldn't pay the salaries anymore. The money were not raised. Long story short, we just ran out of motivation, money, and energy to push, push, pursue it because we were working on that project for almost three years. And that's the reality of some startups. You sometimes, you have like, you have this huge potential, great team. You have already maybe some culture, some tools. The product is very promising. You did your studies. You, you seem like it's going to work very well, but you're just missing this last little kick. Sometimes it's funding. Sometimes, I don't know, it's motivation. Depends. But uh, but things could, you know, it's it's very unstable. That's for sure. I agree with you. So I guess we can jump into wrapping up this episode. I will go. Uh, probably it's hard to uh, have like top three takeaways from the many points that we discussed. But I would say one takeaway or one one idea that I would love our listeners to unpack is that. Both of the experiences, so working in a big company, but also working in a startup, have their pros and cons, obviously, we've been through them, but have a lot of value. So what I want to advocate, maybe, or champion is that you, as much as possible throughout your career as a designer, explore different setups, different types of companies, different contexts in which to work and grow as a designer. I think varying the type of company you work for will contribute tremendously to your growth. And I want to add just one quick detour to this conversation. So I would say go for a big company at some point in your career, go for a startup, uh, go for a um, startup that's like 
more advanced down the journey, like had they have series C or D or whatever, but also go for a startup that's just starting out. Explore all these things throughout your career. Uh, another point that I would add, the detour I was talking about is actually exploring a design agency. I think that's like a topic for another episode, but that's also some sort of different experience with different pros and cons that's worth unpacking in a, in a future conversation. So the point is, Try to have as diverse experiences as possible. I think it's really uh, fundamental uh, to one's growth to not have the same the same type of, of of experience again and again. And another thing that I would call maybe a takeaway is that there is no better way of of growing your career. I mean, if if you're facing the choice of going for a startup or going for a big company, I wouldn't say one is better than the other. They're completely different. And I think that it should all align to your personal goals at that moment in time. So I think that any career choice of this kind has to relate to your uh, reflection work, to where you are at that moment in time and where you want to be in the near or uh, midterm future. So these are my takeaways, if we can call it. So um, would you want to add anything else? Yes, definitely. I, I love your point. And I think I wouldn't, I, that's a great start for the, for takeaways. Well, it's, I agree with you completely. You have to try different things, especially in the first decade of your career journey. It happened that I went through all those different stages. Like I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, I was able to work in like small startups, big companies, a little bit in an agency, which we definitely need to talk in the next episodes um, and, and freelancing. So there were different aspects of this career journey. And I must agree that each taught me something new, something different. Each gave me completely new skill set. Sometimes it would be going broad. Sometimes it would be going deep. Sometimes it would be about small interactions. Sometimes it would be about higher strategy and business and stuff like that. So definitely each one has something to offer. And it's very, very useful to try out new things. But the point actually I wanted to add to this takeaway and to kind of follow up on what you were saying um, is that also ask yourself, what am I missing? Try to be reflexive in this journey because I feel like every time I was doing this transition or change in my career, let's say from freelance to the corporate or from co-founder to, I don't know, whatever, freelancing and stuff like that, uh, every time I was missing something. I, for example, when I just finished the start working at a startup, I already knew I want to be a part of the team and I don't want to be the freelancer because it feels lonely to me. And that's when I realized I want to join the bigger company. And that's how I started working in enterprise. But that already came from like internal introspective, understanding that there is something I'm missing in my career, something in my, that I'm missing in my practice, something I want to improve better. And long story short, like the enterprise experience boosted my confidence in communication and the soft skills and helped me to understand how the politics work and how to talk to different departments and different people in the company. So it, it, it definitely definitely fulfilled that need very strongly. And so I guess my takeaway here from the story is that if um, definitely explore different directions, but explore them in a the moment when you feel that something is missing, that you're not growing or not you're not getting um, to the next level, I guess. Um, that's important to also make it in the right moment, I would say. Uh, and I think that's about it for today. We didn't have like top three takeaways, but that's just because every single journey um, has a lot of pros and cons. So we would, if we would do the same <laughs> recap, we would probably have to do like 12 uh, takeaways or something. But, but yeah, I think um, 
we did we did we did the right thing with just two key takeaways and uh, with that being said i would also like to wrap up this episode and um, i would also like to thank you guys for joining today just a little behind the scenes i'd say that this episode was the hardest for us to record because we had to do this twice and the baby was sometimes disrupting our conversation but we are happy <laughs> we happy we did it and at the end of the day and hopefully it was still valuable for you feel free to uh, rate us on any favorite podcast a platform that you're listening to uh, on spotify or on apple Podcasts or uh, any other podcast of your choice we're always open for new ideas for the next episodes feel free to submit those under the show notes we have the link we you can also do this in the spotify right under the episode so there are ways and if you're interested just let us know other than that um again thank you so much and i guess goodbye <laughs> goodbye everyone <laughs>